Well, Father Jonathan, how we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I decided to quit being a dingus and can celebrate it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. At the uh, official school mass? Official school mass, yeah. I still had to run the camera, which was not great. I don't really like having to leave the altar even Ooh, as a yeah. concelebrant. Yeah, that's not ideal. Mm-mm. But that's but, good. Yeah. Um, so I imagine you didn't get to preach, though. You just you just concelebrated? Just the concelebrant. That's good. That's good. Um, I went back to my parish, so I did get to preach today. Oh. Um, How'd that go? Dude, I got to tell you, and it's fairly obvious that you don't do social media on the weekends because I uh, I tweeted about it this morning before I went to, to the parish that uh, our episode last week really helped me formulate my homily. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I ended up talking about what we discussed in terms of the relationship between anxiety and authority um, mm. and how I, I started my homily talking about the pandemic and how the pandemic has like shined a light on an epidemic of anxiety that we've been existing in and living in for a long time um, and how anxiety is just sort of right beneath the surface for a lot of us. And we live with that. And where that comes from, it comes from a failure to submit ourselves to Jesus's authority to expel the demons in our lives. Um, anyway, so I talked about that at length, which was which was great, you know. And at, at one point, looking back on the homily, I started to wonder: Am I projecting onto the, to the congregation <laughs> a little bit? Um, and the answer is yes, probably. But yeah, I, th- I think but it's I don't f- think fair, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think that you should worry too much about that because, I mean, look, it's just like when you're in the classroom. Right. If one kid has a question or is struggling with an issue, the chances are that everybody's struggling with that question yeah. or that issue. Yeah, totally. Totally, totally. Um and so I mean I, I kept talking about us. I use the, the plural often about what we struggle with. You know, we work a lot, but we rest very little. You know, we live with this constant existential anxiety, you know, and where does that come from? From a failure to submit to the to the authority of Christ. Um, yeah. and, and so it was good. It was, I think it was a really good, I felt very pleased with it. And I felt when I sat down, I was like, yeah, that was good. You know, I felt like that was a really good message. Not because I necessarily had brilliance to say, but it felt right. Like it felt when, when I, when I was approaching, uh, the parish, I was sort of praying, uh, in the back of my mind and asking the Lord, like, is this what you want me to preach about? And he said, I could just hear him say in my heart of hearts, like, yeah, like you don't need to be, you don't need to be brilliant, <laughs> yeah. but this is the message that I need you to say to my people. Um, yeah, yeah, and and that was good, you know. Well, no, and I, I really like that, and I think it ties in quite well with our readings um, for this week. Yeah, uh, for the fifth Sunday, you know. And I've so okay, okay, Father, mm-hmm. uh, I have a thought, and I've got an angle, but I'm going to need some help to stay out of heresy. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, that's okay. Let's do it. Uh, because, you know, the thing that I love, the thing that I really, really, really love about St. Paul is that he's so um, he's so singular in his effort. Mm. Like, he's he has a desire, and everything that he does is for that end. It's very Ignatian yeah. Um, yeah. in that sense. And it's like, this, this reading from 1 Corinthians is all about that. If I preach the gospel, there's no reason for, for me to boast. Uh and woe to me if I do not preach it. Like, this is the only thing that I can do. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, why? Why? How could I even think 
to do anything else. Right. Right. Um, and this is where I want to. This is where I want to toe the line a little bit. I think there's a way to to play this angle and to do it well, right? Because he says at this second part, this famous part, you know, I've to the weak I become weak to win over the weak. Um, to the strong, you know, I become all things to all, mm-hmm. so that I may at least save some. Yeah. Um, and all this I do for the sake of the gospel, so that I too may share in it. Okay, I think, I think that we, and again, maybe this is your point of, of me projecting a little bit. <laughs> so by we, maybe I just mean me. Um, I think we take this, this kind of, this false humility mm. where we're afraid to say, I desire salvation. I desire um, sanctity mm-hmm. because that is seen as being boastful. That is seen right. as being, you know, uh, haughty or, you know, whatever. Right. And it's right. like, well, it can be, don't get me wrong. It can be, you know, if all of, if, if you're only doing this for the show, hmm. then absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you're doing this for the sake of the gospel, because that is who Jesus Christ has called you to be, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. then you, you should have the response of St. Paul. How could I do anything else? Right, right, right. And his desire to share in it is not because he's not saying like, I preach the gospel so that I may share in it and you can just go to hell. It's not yeah. that. It's like, so that I may share in it too, <laughs> like so that right. we we can share. So that we, ooh, yeah. You know, it says I too may have a share in it. So there's there's a communal element there. Is that his salvation is wrapped up in the salvation of the others too? You know, there, there's a mysterious thing happening here where Christ is working and laboring in the body through the apostle, where you know the members are saved. You know, with the head, but. There's a difficult question here theologically of how we're saved collectively, individually, all that. But I think there's just something to be said about like my pastoral ministry. It's not self-serving. It's not like I'm just doing this so that I can get to heaven. It's like I'm doing this so that you can get to heaven and I can get to heaven. Both. <laughs> like we're both in yeah. this, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I think one angle with the Paul reading that I particularly like is, is I mean, it's basically a manifesto for homiletics is... Why, why do you preach? Well, I preach because I must. Like, yeah. I don't preach because I'm entitled to, and I don't preach because I'm brilliant. I preach because I'm obligated to. Because yeah. And it's true. And Yeah. And there's, there, I mean, the more you sort of scratch the surface with this and go deeper, there's something really ennobling about what Paul is saying about the role of the preacher, is that when I preach, I offer the gospel. Like, I offer the good news. And so when I stand up, and I can speak more personally, like, when I stand at a podium or at a pulpit, like, I just, like, I feel like my heart is on display. And maybe that's why I get so passionate when I preach is, like, I believe what I'm saying. Like, what I'm saying means something to me and to you, I hope, you know, because I think that there's a lot at stake. It's not just pleasantries. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the power of God, right? This is what we preach, you know? And so... I don't know. I just find it very ennobling to hear Paul say this. Um, and it reminds me, on a, another note, it reminds me uh, of something that one of my professors said this, actually this week in class. Uh, he was talking about what the church, how the church fathers would preach. Uh, and he sort of dovetailed into a little bit of like exhorting us as preachers to preach a certain way. And he said, when you preach, don't preach so that people might understand you. Hmm. And which is paradoxical because that's the opposite of what we're told in homiletics. Uh, he said, just preach the truth. 
<laughs> yeah. And if you really believe that the Holy Spirit is doing this, then the person listening, however old they are, however mature they are, whatever, will get what they need. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so let go and just preach the gospel. Yeah. Anyway, I find that very ennobling. No, for sure, for sure. And you know, one of the things that I, I think that we, we can overlook sometimes, and I'm not going to bring this point up as like, oh yeah, that's true, but uh, I think these two things are true at the same time. The, the need of great preachers in the pulpit but also, we need to remember that all Christians are baptized into this reality. We're all called to preach the gospel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I like to I like to point specifically to to parents and say when you're at home and you're not watching your video mass, you're not listening to Father tell you what to do. You are the head of your church, mm-hmm, your home church. Mm-hmm. So, how are you preaching? How are you conveying the gospel? Um, to your family, to yourself, to right? How does this work yeah. for the salvation of, uh, of of the of of your family? Yeah, no. And I sure. think that's I think that can be overlooked sometimes. And not to say that nobody does this, right? Lots of people, there are wonderful families out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I don't think that we give that as much weight in our at least in our in our religious imaginations and our, our religious minds. Yeah, no, I agree. As, I agree. as the preacher. And maybe, the, and maybe they shouldn't have as much weight. Okay, okay. Like there, sure. there, is, there is something, because we've been given the authority by the church to preach. Right. So there, there is something there. But, but this is a call for all Christians and not just the ordained minister. No, for sure, for sure. And hey, I mean, I, this is actually a good invitation for someone who's married with children uh, to ask themselves, like, do you preach the gospel to your children? You know, do you, yeah. you know, woe to you if you don't do it? You know, right. Uh, right. how many parents are saying like, well, I don't want to impose religion on them. It's like, yeah. well, <laughs> you know, well. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, let's let's pivot really quick. I mean, I think we can, we can see the same theme of preaching happening yeah. in the gospel. Um I, yeah. I'm a little bit flummoxed by the first reading in the gospel, just because the second reading has a lot of teeth. Um, even though what we've said, I don't know how much of that I would actually preach about. It's like this meta commentary well, on preaching. Um, yeah. Well, I think I've got an idea. I've got an idea. So b- bear with me here. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I love this reading from Mark. Um, I think it's wonderful. And I oftentimes just stop at that first part hmm. because the the uh, mother-in-law of Simon, uh, she's sick. They go to her. Jesus grabs her hand, helps her up. The fever lefts her and uh, leaves her. And what does she do? She waited on them. She, she waits on them. Yeah. She doesn't go to Twitter and say, hey, look, this thing um, is miraculous. You should all <laughs> follow him. Yeah, it's like, hey. no, there is a... Um, and kind of going back to this idea of, and this is that heresy that I was afraid of with the with the second reading, like when you are changed, you do something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's not to save yourself. Like we don't, we are not the authors of our own salvation. Um, but when but when that happens to you and you don't do anything, I think you are misusing the gift mm. that God has given. Mm. Yeah. And I yeah. think there's an implicit. Um, proclamation in that when you when you do that when you do when you act like Simon's mother-in-law when you get up and you serve it's not right. about you right right yeah it's pointing to Jesus yeah this could easily be a throwaway line and you could uh, I could imagine somebody just like contextualizing and saying like oh 
you know, the woman of the house just got up and served all the men. It's like, well, no, 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 no. Like, give her more credit. <laughs> you know, she, right. <laughs> she, she's, she's a disciple of Christ. And so, like, what else is she going to do but rejoice in having been saved? And yeah. the way that she rejoices in her salvation is by serving her brothers and sisters, because that's yeah. what Christians do. Boom. You Boom. know, we receive salvation. Like, there's an implicit, I think this is what you're getting at, is that there's an implicit language here of salvation. Like, she was cured, you know? And I think there's this whole language in this whole gospel about Jesus goes around uh, healing. Well, healing mm-hmm. is code for saving. Like, that's a an image for salvation. And so she's been saved, and she teaches us how to, how to respond to the salvation we've received. And if you and I have been saved by Christ, then what are we doing? Are we, are <laughs> right. we serving, or are we resting on our laurels and checking our Twitter feed, you know, like, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's great. And I, I kind of jumped over that passage, but you're right. Like, that's a huge example for us on how to respond to what we've been given. Yeah. And I wonder if that's how we, and maybe not, because I, I kind of, I tend to agree with you with this reading from Job, like what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) But when I, when I take a step back and kind of think about the story of Job as a whole, um, I think that fits in as well. Like, like, w- w- what do we have? This righteous man who had his world ripped from his from his grasp. Like mm-hmm. everything was taken from him. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? He still rejoices. Right. Right. Yeah. No. For sure. For sure. Um, so it's not just we're not just called to preach and to and to do all of the to serve. You know, in these moments when when we can, you know, when we can point and for sure and say, aha, Jesus has healed me in this moment, I will preach. If you can't do it when you are at the bottom, like Job, then Ooh. you're not really doing it when you're, when you're at Ooh. your best. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's hard. That's really yeah. hard. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I kind of took a different angle when I, so I can't really connect what I'm about to say to the other readings from Job, <laughs> but I can, uh-huh. I can connect it to what I preached on today um, with the readings about anxiety. So thinking about how sometimes, sometimes what Job is saying is what we experience, uh, that life is kind of a drag, you know? (laughs) And so I kind of was focusing on that a little bit, is that remember that my life is like the wind. (laughs) I shall never see happiness again. Uh, Like that's a real experience that a lot of us go through, you know, anxieties and depressions and frustrations. Um, but I guess your point is well taken, you know, that there's still there's still hope within the story and within this person because he knows that God is good to him. Um, yeah, you know, I think there's a danger there. And I I always kind of focus in on this middle line because I do this all the time. If in bed I say, when shall I arise? Then the night drags on. I am filled with restlessness until the dawn. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I oftentimes am just... I have a hard time getting to sleep sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. I just toss and turn, toss and turn, and just, it's miserable. Mm. And I hate it. And if I only ever stay in that space, well, then, yeah, there's nothing. It's just pain and misery. Yeah. But if I, in a sense, put up with it <laughs> and just recognize that, well, this is just a thing that happens sometimes, but this isn't my life. This isn't. Um, where I will stay. It's a then moment. That, yeah. Yeah. Then that gives me some sense, some sense of, of hope. That gives me a little bit of that strength. Oh, well, that was weird. Some, some of that strength that I need to, um, to pull out and to make it, to make it yeah. through. Yeah. Hey, here's a different angle though. Um, I, 
I had a thought about this last night because I was kind of tossing and turning for a while before going to bed. And I I realized a few months ago, or maybe a while ago, that the struggle there is that falling asleep is not an act of the will. Um, falling asleep is a letting it be done unto me. Yeah. Um, you know? And so <laughs> it's like, let <laughs> let the sleep take me. And I think I it's... sleep now. It's, it's like, I'll just wake up in the morning and realize, oh my God, I just fell asleep without knowing. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't know when you fall asleep. And so there's something to be said there about when the anxiety of life that Job is experiencing, they're tossing and turning, pull, like rolling things in his mind over and over again. What he's refusing to do is allow the Lord to let him fall asleep, you know? Yeah. And so there's something to be said there about how it is that we fight God uh, when when God just wants to heal us, when God just wants to put us to rest, and we fight him on it, and then we just live you, with this anxiety, yeah. you know? You know, one of the, so here's an image, and I've mentioned this already um, a minute ago, and yeah, well, it is what it is. Think of, so again, this is me, maybe me projecting. Um, what does that fighting oftentimes look like? Like, what's the manifestation of that? Doom uh, scrolling. Oh, yeah, like, doom scrolling. You're in, you're in bed, it's late, you're tired, you should be putting the phone down, but you're still scrolling through Twitter. Oh, it's you're the still worst. scrolling through Reddit. It's the worst. It's like you and and, it, and it's miserable. You're like, I know I should be sleeping right now, but I'm still scrolling. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. and that that's that's I think you're you're totally right. You're onto something there. I am fighting against th- that let's just call it the sleep coming upon me. Right. Right. And right. I'm saying no, I don't I need to be in control here, so I'm going to be mm. miserable. Yeah. And it's interesting because we're fighting sleep maybe as a metaphor, right? But when yeah, in the yeah. spirit in the spiritual life, I mean, I fight with God all the time. Like God wants to take over, and I say no. I'd rather just yeah. stay awake. <laughs> Don't let me fall asleep, you know? Because um, falling asleep is an act of faith. Like I trust that I won't die tonight, you know? <laughs> um, okay, well, just for the sake of time, I I, I think there's actual like traction with this sleep thing that i might actually preach about next week that maybe yeah. a whole homily around what does it mean to fall asleep and what what what's going on around there and how is that a metaphor for the spiritual life but one thing that i just wanted to mention to you really quick is that there is a connection between the first reading and this and the gospel that i didn't notice before and that is that job says when shall i arise and what happens yeah. to peter's mother-in-law she rose. She rose. And rising in the gospel is always a connotation of the resurrection. Right. So so where is my hope of resurrection? When will I arise? And Jesus is the one that comes and lifts her from her slumber. She she was asleep. You know, so there's a sleeping that's happening and there's a rising that's happening. And so all the resurrections in the gospel, it's like she's not dead, she's just asleep. You know, yeah. Um, come out, Lazarus. You know, and wake from your slumber, basically. Right. Yeah. No, I like that. I think if I were to preach on this, you know, trying to find the the little the nugget, the the takeaway, I'm still kind of stuck on this on this active versus passive thought. And I think if I were to if I were to preach on this, I would I would be as honest as I as I could be and say like this life requires a lot of us, mm. but thank God we're not Pelagians. Thank God it doesn't depend on you yeah. because we suck at it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we're going to fail. Right. Um, right. 
And that's why it's so important that we recognize that it's not through anything that I do. Even though I'm called to do much, it's not through any of that. Um, it's only through through the cross. Right, right. And letting God do in me, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Cool, man. I think we've made it somewhere. I'm, I'm still, I'm still like <laughs> the beginning. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's still stuff there that's loose, but I think that there's, there's work to do. There's still some good stuff here, some good nuggets, and I think that this sleep metaphor and the allowing the Lord. I mean, especially how do we tie it back to the preaching stuff that we talked about at the beginning? Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens next week. All right, pal. All right, man. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>